Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. I'm so excited to be joined by Leanne Woth, and today we're going to be talking about how to outsource successfully. Thanks for joining me, Leanne. Thanks so much for having me, Marianne. I've been so excited to come on here with you. Thank you. Me too. Um, Well, for everybody else, because I already know you, but introduce yourself and tell us how you became a passionate OBM and OBM coach. So I am Leanne Woff. Thank you for saying my last name right. Believe it or not, <laughs> it's not Woff. It's not Wolf. <laughs> um, I run Audacious Empires, which is an OBM agency that supports empire builders with badass business management. Mm-hmm. And I am an OBM coach where I help OBMs be better OBMs and <laughs> create wildly profitable businesses. I also am a mum to six small people and, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Um, including two sets of twins and a very needy cavoodle named Pippi. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, so many also's, I am a systems junkie, I am a tech nerd and I spill every single cup of coffee that I try to drink. It is incredibly (laughs) frustrating. And I kind of fell into the OBM world. So it's actually interesting how I became crazy obsessed with the OBM industry and therefore a coach. Um, And it comes down to really when I started out in the VA industry, it was very different Mm. to what it looks like now. And I treated my business as a business because my family's history is business and Mm. I got some really quick traction. And then I kept getting compared to cheap overseas Mm. options, which is fine, except for the fact that I didn't want to be compared. I was getting very frustrated. (laughs) Like, that's not what I am. And I don't want to have to prove that that's my skill set. Like, my skill set is so much more than that. And then my coach said to me, it's because you're an online business manager. (laughs) And I went, so then I learned all about being an OBM and loved it. Um, And then I worked with a lot of different clients and then some of them I worked with in an integrator role, so a little bit more of a strategic position. And then mm-hmm. I had lots of clients talking to me about their OBMs and how frustrated they were, and then the OBMs being frustrated with the clients. And so I was <laughs> in this really interesting position where I could see both sides of it and then went, this is terrible. Like, these people need help. And a lot of times the OBMs didn't know what was wrong or what was happening or and they just felt like they were epically failing. I'm like, well, mm. No, you just don't know. And then one of my clients ended up saying to me, you have to help them. Go and help them. <laughs> and so that's how I became an OBM coach. I love that. And and it's so, I, I guess I can relate in the way that social media sort of became a a flavorful service of VAs as well. And, you know, I've I've had a very 
I guess for my business, I've had a very strong um, preference to local stuff. So I like my staff to be local. That's one of the things that we stand for. You know, we do web development, we do social media, but we do it all here. And yes, that means that we're not as cheap as other other options, but there's a lot of expertise. There's a lot of like local market understanding. You know, there's so much more. And it's so hard when all of a sudden the service that you provide that you are providing at a fair price of the the worth of expertise is then compared to a service overseas that maybe doesn't have the same expertise or understanding strategically, but is like a quarter of the price. Yeah. And I think it's part of um, market education as well, because Mm. if you, you know that you have a hole in your business and you know it needs to be filled, you know that that gap is called social media. So then you just (laughs) Google, right? And then if, you're looking at, well, this person is four times as much and I don't really know what I need, so I'm just going to start here. And it's yeah. just like there's that difference and they don't, don't actually understand a lot of the time the value that you get or what's possible. And then yeah. it's a very different relationship as well. Yeah, and I love that. I love, I guess, when I think online business manager, what that encompasses because there is so much more, again, sometimes business owners start an online business and they're not tech savvy and they're not, you know, they're good at the thing or they're passionate about selling something, but they actually don't have the the savviness of all the other things. And yes, you can get someone in to give you ad hoc support or to take over some admin tasks, but can that person holistically look at your business and actually start to proactively show you solutions or help you redesign it to flow better and, you know, all those extra things. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think too, there is a bit of a, um, when, because the virtual assistant industry as an industry, it has rapidly evolved. Well, it started mm-hmm. out when the internet first became a thing. And it's like, if you had an admin skill and could do that on a computer, like this was your space, baby. But then mm-hmm. technology just expands so quickly mm-hmm. that then so did this role because then it becomes a, okay, what is what is your position here? What is your specialty? Because it's not mm-hmm. just admin skills that get done now. You can be a graphic designer. You can be a social media marketer. You can be yeah. and specialize in anything as a VA still operating online, whereas an online business manager, it's more focused on systemization, process, operations management, project management. Mm. And I think a lot of people get confused. And that's because some virtual assistants within the industry don't know what to call themselves. Mm. So they think that there's VA and there's OBM and they're the only two picks. And they go, well, I I want to charge heaps more, so I'm going to call myself an OBM. Or, no, I do more than general admin, so I'm going to be an OBM. Mm. And it's kind of watered down the definition a little bit for the audience at large. Yeah, Yeah. which is hard because it becomes an education piece. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you get people being frustrated because they've worked with OBMs before and it hasn't worked and it's like, but have you really? (laughs) Which, again, is so many parallels to the marketing industry and, you know, people get burnt and, and, you know, they get burnt because they don't select the right person or they get burnt because somebody promises to do things that they can't do or, you know, doesn't have the expertise 
to see the the full picture of and and I think I guess in a way many in you know things like accounting it's so standardized you really know if the person's doing or not doing what they should be or you kind of have a standardized view of what you're going to achieve in that relationship but I think other areas that are emerging uh you know the the business owner is not as aware of what success looks like yeah and I think that that's um like it also has an impact on the service provider side because then too as an OBM you meet with clients and they say oh I've done this before and it hasn't worked well and then you think okay is it the client or was it the service provider and then you've got to come up with your own criteria of being able to either educate or then weed out these people that just have impossible standards that no one can compete with and then come across in a way that's not derogatory to anybody. Just makes it very difficult. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. It's, it can be so hard to work out if it's the client that may not have realistic expectations or be too perfectionistic or what it might be. Or if it's a service provider, yeah, yeah, and and it's so hard because immediately you feel empathy for them because it's gone wrong, but then sometimes months down the track you realise, oh, okay, <laughs> I see why this happened. <laughs> so now I guess that we understand a bit more between an online business manager and a VA, what do you think are the qualities to look for that's going to give us the best chance of success? Amazing. I love this question so much. <laughs> and my answer to you is going to be stop looking at the skill set. <laughs> mm, interesting. Intuitive. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, you know, if if this person is an OBM, then we already know that they should have skills in project management. They should understand mm. how a business function operates, how to streamline, how to systemize. They're the things that we want them to kind of do, but mm. that comes with the job title. So what is it the things that we want to look at that's going to really change the way you work with mm. someone and the impacts that you get? So in my opinion, the biggest thing is you want somebody who has a personality that you can connect with because mm. if you don't get along with this person, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like you need yeah, to be absolutely. working really, really close with them. So imagine having to work that close with somebody every single day and then go, I have to talk to Leanne again. <laughs> not going to go well. <laughs> so that's my first thing is check out the personality, like have a conversation, see if you can joke, see if you can have, you know, a smooth chat without yeah. being ultra awkward. Then I think you're looking for proactivity. So mm. the worst thing I think that business owners can experience is when they get in an OVM and they expect that somebody's going to come in and start helping them and all they get is a whole bunch of questions and, but how would you do this? Or what should I do? When mm. really an OVM should be able to come to you with a problem and a solution. Yeah. Or they should be able to look forward and go, Hmm, I'm seeing these things. Have you ever thought about doing it this way? Or have you seen that in three months, we're going to have no leads because we stopped marketing? You want you want someone who's invested enough and comfortable enough to share their opinion and to be that future-focused person as well. So as long as, sorry, as well as dealing with what's happening today, 
looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. And the next one is they need to have some kind of technical capability. They have to be a little bit tech savvy because, mm. let's face it, we're online mm-hmm. business managers and online is in the title. So if they're still trying to work out how to open Word, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I think that's such a good point. And, and again, coming back to that differentiation, you know, when I think of that terminology of online business manager, I am expecting proactivity. I am expecting strategic thinking, problem solving skills. You know, I, I'm, I'm expecting someone that's going to come in and add value, not just do the task, but actually be able to add value and, and I guess, open my eyes up to things I hadn't thought of before. So then how can business owners tell if they're ready to outsource? What are the signs, you know, that that, that tipping point is, is getting really close? Yeah. Okay. This is a good one. And although it varies, you know, from business to business, there are some key things that you can look for. And so a big thing is you're under a lot of pressure and you're Mm. really busy. So busy and pressure usually indicates that you have too much on your plate Mm. and that you don't have enough resource to distribute some of it. So that's one thing. The other thing is you feel like you have not enough time. So if you're constantly looking at things and going, I really want to be able to, blah, but mm. there's ju- I just have no time. I've got so much client stuff going on mm. or, um, you know, there's uh, all of these orders I have to pack or whatever it might be, and there's never enough time to do these mm. things that you really know you should be doing, then that's another indicator. Um, yeah. Or a good one is you really want to do something, but you simply don't have the skill. I've been trying to do this. I've tried 14 times. I can't get it to work. I give up and I'm just not going to do it anymore. Usually Mm. it's just that you need some extra expertise in. And so there's all Mm -hmm. different ways that you can outsource. You can get someone on your team regularly. You can get someone for just a once-off project. You can get someone for big chunks, little chunks. Like there's all these variations. And I think sometimes we try and fit into a box of if I can't do it this way, then (laughs) the way that I need doesn't exist. Um, Yeah. The other thing is too, is how is your team going? Because there are business owners who will have some contractors or they'll have some staff and they're still, Mm. everyone is at capacity or stretched too thin or need some kind of help, and then they might not want to hire another person or they don't have the right skill set within those contractors or they just want mm. a little bit of extra support. So when you start getting feedback from your team that things are a bit hard, that's something that you need to look into too because we don't want our people burning out. <laughs> and then this one is a big one. If you notice that you've gotten your business to slowly grow. We're growing, we're growing, we're growing, and then we've stopped, kind of hit that ceiling. Usually it's a capacity problem or it's a space problem. And Mm. what people don't realize is that you need enough space not just to have some time but to have creative time, which means Mm. you need to feel that space. You need to be able to think creatively you need to be able to look at the business as a whole and kind of remember why you started doing what you were doing and innovate 
And you can't do that if you're stuck in the day-to-day or you're constantly under the pump. Mm-hmm. So if you've noticed that your growth has kind of stagnated, a lot of the time it can just be related to capacity and that's a great time to outsource or consider it. Amazing. They're really good points. They're, they're really, I think, you know, everybody sort of always focuses on you know, if you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, but I think they're really, you know, really insightful points into into signs that you need to, you know, that you need to outsource more. And I think the capacity one, especially as well as the space for creativity, because it's true when you're so bogged down, you know, that time for new ideas, that time for growth mindset, for, you know, what's next, was you just don't have it. No, and you're exhausted. Like- yeah. <laughs> Like, let's be honest, I know that when I'm, you know, happy and excited about work, I have the best ideas. When I am just trying to get through things, like, mate, I just want to get to bed. (laughs) That's so true. And then so what are your top tips for business owners? You know, if they're identifying with these messages and looking to get started, you know, what what do you do next? Yeah, so the first thing is, is to know what you want. And this is where you do more of that, okay, what am I currently doing with all of my time? Mm. And is it stuff I enjoy, want to be doing? Is it stuff that I don't want to be doing? Do I even really know where my time is going? (laughs) Generally, they don't. People don't know. And (laughs) that goes for me too. Like you spend time and then you get to the end of the day and you go, I don't know what I did today, but I was busy. So it's... (laughs) It's knowing what it is that you want and what you want sold. And usually it's one of two mm. things, more time or more money. They're the mm. things that you want underneath it all. And quite often they come as opposing forces. So you've yes. got to really think about, is it that I want more time to grow or is it that I want less pressure and more time? Mm. So we need process, like there's differences around there. The other thing that you really need to work out is what kind of skills you have and what you don't Mm. have because all of these things just give you a starting point and that's all it is. We're just looking for starting points so that we can start to have some really solid conversations. So once we have a little bit of an understanding about what we want, let's have a look at what we need. Mm. So we might want all of our... um, you know, social tiles to look a certain way. But is social tiles looking a certain way going to give us the outcome that we're looking for? Or is getting in a marketing strategist who can do my Mm. marketing strategy for me going to get the impact? It's not, you know, it's not the prettiness that matters here. It might be something else. So looking really at what some of those problems are or what you're trying to achieve to work out what it is that you need. And it might not, like, it might be, no, I just need someone in every day who can do some of my admin, take some things off my plate. It might be, I am so sick of doing my bookkeeping at midnight. I need a bookkeeper. You know, whatever it is, like, think about what those things actually are, Mm. what kind of role that would be. Is it a once-off thing? Is it an ongoing thing? Do I want, um, you know, a day-to-day relationship with someone? What is it that you're looking for? Then, now that we know what we want, we know what we need, we want to start having some solid conversations. So, Mm. 
it gives us enough to start to say, hey, I'm in this position. I'm looking to do X or I'm looking for someone who can help me with this, who has this Mm. skill set. And it might be a tool. It might be a really strategic person. It might be someone who is forward thinking, invested, who can, you know, I can trust that will be able to manage multiple things at one time. Or it might be I'm looking for a kick-ass graphic designer who will come up with things I've never thought of before. Uh And then have a look for those people. Like there's different, um, there's lots of different VA networks. And you can Mm. find them online. So there's like virtually yours, virtual assistant is a big one. And Rosie, who runs it, is amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah, there's lots of different online communities where you can at least get some recommendations. And then once, like, you can ask for referrals, referrals are the best. Like, if somebody yeah. has worked with someone who wants a similar thing to what you're wanting, that's a really great place to have a conversation. And I think sometimes we think that we need to have everything in order or we need to know all the things before we even have those conversations. Mm. And it's actually not quite right because the Mm. best way to get what you need is for someone who's super experienced to sit there, have the conversation with you and say, okay, it's this, this, and this. I know Mm. that's what it is because I've seen it before. Let me help you. And to have that kind of level of conversating, like you wouldn't get that just by googling no it's it's book them in start talking and the likelihood is if you talk to someone who can't do it if they're you know um ethical and decent person they'll say hey that's not my wheelhouse you need this kind of person here's someone to go talk to yeah that's so true and I think again that's that's it's that thing of talking to like a specialist or a generalist or, you know, a strategist or a doer, you know, having having that conversation with the person at a higher level who can help you look. Because often, yeah, you don't know what is going to be the best shortcut for you. You know you're overwhelmed or you know you're out of time or you know you're not growing, but you don't actually know what are the different things I could actually look at, what are the levers that I should start playing with to try and get myself where I want to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's a conversation I have with clients a lot in, you know, in the lead journey or even in onboarding Mm -hmm. with clients. And I'll say to them, you know, there's a number of ways we can do this. So you've either got something really clear in your mind of this is what I'm looking for and can you do that? Mm. Or you've got a problem that you really just want solved and it's, I don't care how you do it, but can you solve my problem? And it's kind of a different, like people operate in different ways and that's okay. So it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. I can slot into the systems that you use and I can show you how to use them better and I can follow the processes that you've already got and I can streamline them. Or I can come in and tell you what systems you need, set them up, (laughs) create the processes, get all of this happening. Like it's, they're different ways and they're both correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's true as well. Yeah. I think that's the thing as well. Yeah, not getting caught up in there's just one way. You know, I think that's a great point that there's lots of different ways and they can all be correct, you know. And 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 I guess it's always about like trial and error and discovery. You kind of have to start somewhere to then work out if that's the right path. And, you know, you learn from the good and the bad and you learn from, you know, going maybe doing a project and getting something really organised or getting a better system in place and then you go, oh, now that that's done, I actually realised I've got these three other problems that I need to tackle. 
exactly. That's the thing. I don't think it's ever just one and done. Like there is no No. golden solution here. And at the end of the day, I think the communication factor is massive. If you can work out how to communicate really well with somebody, then the likelihood is is you'll get good results. Um, Whereas if you kind of are like, oh, I'm not sure, and then you don't say anything, that's where you're going to run into big problems. Yeah, totally. And I think that all comes back to what you said at the start about finding someone you actually gel with, you know, finding someone that you want to work with, that you enjoy working with, not just because someone said they're the best of the best or not because they were the cheapest or not because, you know, actually someone where you've had that conversation and you're so excited to get started with them. Yes, 100%. And I think, you know, on a totally different note, it comes down to the whole, you know, have community over competition because I'm yeah. I'm a really big believer, you know, and I'll say this to my clients sometimes. They'll say to me, oh, this person has copied my thing or, mm. oh, you know, this person who's a competitor has sent me an email. And it's just like I just don't <laughs> see them really as mass competitors because at the end yeah. of the day we're all people. And yeah. People connect with different people. So even if you were to yeah. offer the exact same thing, the way you do it, the way you say it, you know, the experience you create will be very different and someone will mm. gravitate towards you and someone will gravitate towards me and that is okay. There are enough people in the world. Oh, exactly. And there's enough work to go around, you know, yeah. and, and I think you've got to find the people that you align with. And I think that's that real scarcity mindset, like the, the clients you have where, they monitor their competitors so closely. They're always looking at what the competitor's doing and trying to change and adapt and compete. But really, the other thing that you often don't realise is you're watching person A, but there's person B, C and D that you don't even realise. You know, we, we're all very attuned to who's in our circle and you see certain mm-hmm. people in your circle and you think, oh, they're everywhere, everyone knows them. And you talk to someone else in a different circle, they're like, I've never heard of that person before. And it's kind of like that with competitors. You, you see a little segment and think that's your competitive market. But there's all these other people out there you don't even know about that are doing the same thing and winning business, but you're winning business. And I think it's, yeah, always looking for the best fit for you, whether that's the best service provider to service you or the best, you know, uh, client or the best service you can give to a client and and not getting too caught up in in all the worry of, you know, what what could happen if all the clients get taken. (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, I don't know. We're so good at just looking at our little sphere and not Mm. even realizing that we've done it to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, if even if in Australia you have a look at it and you think about um, how many people you know that are Mm. millionaires and it's Mm. like, oh, you think there probably wouldn't be that many. And there's 1.8 millionaires in Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if you looked at all your friends and went, okay, there's no millionaires here. <laughs> your perception is that there is hardly any. But in this yeah. city that's bigger than you, people you haven't heard of, seen that probably aren't online and bigger and flashy, like they just know what they're doing. You have a really targeted strategy and yeah. have created their version of success. Like there's 1.8 million of them. Which is crazy. Yeah, so true. And 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 exactly right. And I think that all comes down to create their version of success. I think that's a really great way of putting it as well, because everybody wants something different. And it's it's, you know, so important to stay focused on your dream and your goals. Yeah, 100 percent So important. Now to wrap up, I'm gonna ask you some of my favorite questions because we didn't get to them yet. So tell me about your favorite business book. 
<laughs> my favorite business book um, is actually one of my clients, Kate Toon. She just released her new book a few months ago. And yeah. every, every time she releases the book, I'm just like, this is hilarious. So I must read it. <laughs> well, she's got such a great personality. Doesn't she? And the whole thing, <laughs> you know, when somebody writes a book, they leave their personality behind. She mm. doesn't. So it has all the quirks and I love it when you read a book and you can see the person behind the writing. Yeah, um, yeah. But at the moment that's what I'm reading. And, you know, she gives such great money advice and solid productivity advice. So it's things that you can apply straight away but also in a really um, like a f- funny, smart, casual conversation without the judgment behind. So you can put yeah. the good do and I'm a doer. So it work really well for me so that's it's called six figures in school hours so that's my current fave love that and then who's your best follow on social media or podcast what can't you get enough of right now my best follow is um fiona johnston from peach bm oh yeah I just adore her. And I was thinking when you asked me this question, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to pick someone. Who do I pick? And then I started (laughs) to think about the people where when I'm doing the scrolling, like who is it that every single time I see the name and I stop? Like that's why. Or that I actually go searching from if they're not in my feed, it's like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) feeds one of those people. Everything that she, I don't know, just the way she puts things really resonates. Oh, I love that. And finally, what gets you out of bed every day? What's your big motivator? Uh, People, 100%. The fact (laughs) that I know that Chloe will be here at quarter to nine, ready to have coffee and talk. (laughs) So excited. I love that. Feels nice. Yeah. 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 That's me. Oh, amazing. Well, look, thank you for this wonderful conversation. I think so many good thoughts and great advice in there as well. So where can people find you and and follow you and learn more? Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Mm -hmm. Um, If people want to connect with me, you can do one of two things. Look for Audacious Empires anywhere (laughs) or you can look for Leanne Woff anywhere. So you've got options based on how great you can spell. (laughs) amazing thanks so much it's been so much fun and i look forward to talking to you again soon amazing thanks marianne have a great day you too hey thanks for listening to another episode if you don't want to miss one make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app and if you love it be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence want more Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.